Welcome to the Southwest Iowa Association of Realtors, also known as SWIRE. This podcast keeps SWIRE members up to date on what's new and happening in our organization. The views expressed by guests are their own, and their appearance on the program does not imply an endorsement of them or any entity they represent. It is not our intention to solicit the offerings of other real estate brokers. Not a member? We still encourage you to listen. Each week, we provide you with valuable information related to the real estate industry and Southwest Iowa. Welcome to this episode of the Swire Podcast. I'm Todd Studer. Back in studio today, Amy Swoboda, Executive Officer for Swire. What's the latest that's going on with Swire, Amy? Well, we're gearing up for fall training. A lot of education opportunities coming up. We have a September 19th. It's the Safety Committee's annual safety speaker, and that's going to be at the River's Edge Pavilion. We also have classes in October and November. There are a lot of opportunities for in-person classes to get your CE credits before the end of the year. Just go to iowarealtors.com and look under Council Bluffs and you'll find the dates for all of those. And the other thing that's coming up is the golf tournament. We need a few more teams. We've got several, but need a few more. And that's always a really fun time. So please sign up for that too. Where's that golf tournament going to be held at? It's at Dodge Riverside. At Dodge. Yeah, we had it there last year. Worked out great. So we're going back. That sounds like a lot of fun. I was just out there last weekend for a tournament. So it's a pity that they're talking about, you know, making that all apartments because it's, it's a nice course <laughs> right. and it's it, so it quiet is. down there. And you know, so we need, I know we need more housing. I shouldn't, I'm in the real estate industry. I shouldn't be complaining about apartments or, or housing. <laughs> we can go right? east. Let's just go east. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, you brought another special guest into the studio today. We did. We have Dylan Dravland here from Neo Home, Lo- Home Loans. Dylan, thanks for joining us. You want to tell us a little bit about yourself and your background? Yeah, definitely. Well, first of all, you know, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. But yeah, no, so I grew up on the other side of the river, actually. So I grew up in Valley, Nebraska. So I consider myself kind of a small town kid. My graduating class was 42. So at one point, I think I knew every kid by first name in my in my high school. So oh, yeah. um, grew up out in Valley, Nebraska. Graduated from the University of Nebraska down in Lincoln, and then spent some time in Florida and New York before moving back home and getting into the the banking industry. So, um, and how did you decide to get into the banking industry? Well, my my dad's actually a, a golf pro. My mom is a loan officer assistant. So I actually started off kind of following dad's route in the golf business. So big golfer, I'm, I'm signed up for that tournament. Okay, great, way, great. So, so looking forward to that. Watch out, he may be the one who tries to get that big first prize. Huh? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm gunning for it for sure. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, so after after I moved back home, um, left New York and um, started off as a personal banker and just kind of moved my way up. Um, my mom, like I said, was a loan officer assistant. So she, I kind of grew up not really, you know, not that she really showed me the ins and outs of the mortgage industry, but, um, you know, I, I kind of always interested me and then, you know, found an open position and I've been in mortgages now for over two years. So, yeah. So it's kind of like I read somewhere that um, doctors' kids tend to be doctors because they know the life. Realtors, there's a lot of realtors who are more than one generation in our area. Yep, yep, definitely. Kinda yeah. Same thing. Yep, for sure. Um, well, tell us about Neo Home Loans, how your team structured, what sets you apart, anything we should know about Neo Home Loans. Yeah, definitely. So, you know, Neo is actually Greek for the word new. So we try and take a new approach to mortgage and we're, we're literally trying to change the industry. So we kind of feel like, you know, and we're guilty of it. You know, we were at a, a local bank here before we switched over to Neo and, you know, we, we were doing the same thing. So we kind of feel like the, the bar is set kind of low for lenders you know, as long as you can close on time, have good communication, competitive rates, you're kind of considered, you know, that's kind of what a good lender is, you know, described as. So when we switched to Neo, we realized like, wow, we have to be 
we have to separate ourselves somehow. So in order to do that, you know, we really focus not only on being really good during the transaction, right? The 30 days of not only just pre-approving the client, but closing on time, providing good communication, competitive rates, things like that. But how can we differentiate ourselves in terms of what we do for our clients before the transaction and then also after the transaction as well and really truly committing to being that um, lender for life? So there's a lot of cool things that we do, you know, before the transaction. We not require, but now we strongly push for, we do a pre-purchase consultation on Zoom. So we kind of dive into their our client's personal economy, remove any fears and anxieties, and we really focus more on education. Um, so taking a more financial holistic approach, um, you know, showing them numbers of what, what the market's doing, you know, inventory right now is a big issue, rates are a big issue. So we kind of talk about that, where things are headed, um, and also like their, you know, what's their biggest fear, and then addressing those, you know, really focusing, you know, how we tailor that pre-purchase consultation to what they need. Um, and focusing on that. And then obviously the transaction itself, but then being, you know, their, their lender for life with annual financial reviews, um, all, all the other technologies that we provide our clients for, for the long term. And we really want to be the, the educator and be the most important person financially for, for them for the rest of their life. So that's kind of the, the Neo approach I'll say that we take, um, in terms of like the team structure. Um, so we're pretty unique. So, um, Nikki Montalongo, she's local here as well. So she brought me over with her um, when we had left and joined Neo. So she is what's considered a producing branch manager. So it's her branch technically. I'm the other loan officer producer. Um, we actually go now. We prefer mortgage advisor rather than loan officer. It's a little less intimidating. Right. No one really likes talking to officers. <laughs> no offense to the police. Um, but and then so Nikki and I are both um, producers, and then we have an in-house processor, Aaron. Um, which is pretty unique. So most processors, you know, they work for 10 to 12 different loan officers and they're usually remote, things like that. But we have Erin in our office with us and she just processes for Nikki and I. So we can we can move quick. Obviously, if there's problems with the file, we can, you know, work, work collaborate together and get it figured out quickly. Um, so that's, a, that's been a real big benefit to us um, in terms of just, you know, we talked about the process itself. Having Erin there for us in-house is, is really nice. So you talk about how you like to be a counselor to to your uh, customers with the rates up and the prices up and uh, availability scarce. Can you work with people to help them know if it's a good time for them to buy a home? I mean, some people can buy now, some people shouldn't. They should wait or they should wait for something. Or um, Can you help people with that decision? Absolutely. And, and we tell people right away, just say, believe it or not, we don't really care if you buy or sell right now. They're like, what? what? <laughs> but it, it's true. You know, it might not be the best time for you. Now, you know, granted, we obviously are big proponents of real estate and we know the generational wealth that it can build getting in at the right time. But, you know, it's not for everyone. You know, if if your income isn't quite there, you know, you're, you're paying really cheap rent and that mortgage payment's going to put you, you know, in a, in a bad spot financially. We don't want that for you. So what we're going to do is just educate all we can, you know, explain where rates are, where we think rates are going, what the market's doing now, what the market's going to do in the next year, um, you know, with where rates are right now, if if I'm ready to buy, I'm buying today. I mean, 100%. Because when when rates come down, and you know, I always get asked, well, I, or everyone always says, well, I'm waiting for mortgage rates to come down. And I say, well, what do you think will happen when rates come down? They said, well, people probably want to buy. I said, well, exactly. And I said, if you think competition's tough right now, which is very tough right now, even at 7.5% rates, I mean, they were 
multiple offer situations. Um, I mean, it's, it's craziness right now. And, you know, there's this, there, it's stated that for every 1% rates come down, five, uh, 5 million more people can afford a mortgage. Wow. So, you know, the demand is only going to skyrocket. I mean, there is a literal tsunami of buyers waiting on the sidelines right now just for rates to come down. And so, I mean, that's only going to push prices higher. So my advice, obviously, if they're ready and personally they're, they're ready for that, is buy now and then refinance later. Because if you wait a year, and, and we do a whole cost of waiting analysis in our pre-purchase consultation, and, and once they see the numbers, it's, it's kind of eye-opening. Um, because if, if you actually wait a year, normally, you know, if you go from a seven and a half to let's say a six and a half or a six, your payment will be lower, even if the house appreciates, let's say 5%. But when we show them the numbers, if, what if you bought the house for today's price at today's rate and then refinance that into the lower rate in a year or a year and a half and their monthly savings and, you know, equity and everything is, is way more. Um, so really showing those numbers, it's, it's a lot easier when you can visually see that than someone just you know, spitting it out to you saying, oh yeah, well you say this, but like, let's actually kind of dive into the numbers and we'll, we'll break it down to like a total monthly payment here. Here's your payment in a year. If you wait for rates to come down with a, that new price. And then if you were to buy now and refinance later. So that's kind of what we really, you know, we, we have those tools and technologies to show that. And that's, and, and then at the end of the day, we just say, Hey, it's your decision, right? Mm-hmm. If you want to wait the year, that's fine. But, but here, here's what's going to happen. Right. And I think, you know, I honestly believe, you know, I would say in the next 12 to 18 months, I think we'll be back down in the fives, honestly. Um, rates will follow inflation. That's a, kind of the fundamental of, of mortgage rates. And when that happens, demand's going to get crazy. And, and I, I believe we could see almost COVID-type appreciation numbers. Um, Zillow projects for 2023 appreciation to be around 10% for the year. Oh, my gosh. And that's with rates in the sevens. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, it, it, it's... I think it's going to get kind of crazy. I'll be, I'll be honest. I was just going to ask you to look in your crystal ball and say, what are rates going to do? Everybody's trying to predict what's going to happen. But you're thinking they're going to come down in 12 to 18 yep. months? Yep. So what the Fed is trying to do, you hear on the news all the time, you know, the Fed's hiking rates. Well, they're hiking the federal funds rate, which is different than a mortgage rate. So the federal funds rate is a 24-hour interbanking rate. So it's what banks actually use to, to borrow money from one another. Um, and that has a direct impact on like auto loans, credit cards, HELOCs, things like that. A a 30-year mortgage rate is much different than a 24-hour rate, right? So they really tend to follow inflation. So as inflation comes down, you know, and rates haven't come down quite as much as we projected so far this year. They've kind of stayed a little higher than we we thought they would. There's been a lot of things going on, the debt ceiling crisis. Um, There's been some things with the Bank of Japan, um, some, some worldwide economic things. Um, obviously, that that run on the banks as well kind of hurt um, mortgage rates because banks had to liquidate and sell bonds, which you know that's the bond market and that hurt hurt mortgage rates. So, but fundamentally, with what the Fed is trying to do, and they're trying to kill inflation, right? And these rate hikes that they're doing, they usually take six to twelve months to really truly hit the economy. So, in in my, I don't like saying the R word recession, but I think we will probably see a, a recession. And through the, you know, historically, if you look at the last seven recessions, mortgage rates have come down. Um, so I, I believe we will see rates come down. It's been a slower process than I thought it would it, when we started the year, to be honest. Um, but I, I do think they will come down. 12 to 18 months, I, I believe, will be in the fives. I've heard some more aggressive. I've heard some less aggressive numbers than that. Um, that's kind of seems to be a, 
a median of some of the people I we, we work with at Neo of what they project. Um, and obviously that'll bring demand back back to the table. So well hopefully if rates come down that can help influence the supply too, because maybe some people will be more willing to move to a different house if their rate isn't going to be so much higher than it would have been if they were at, you know, two or three percent before. One hundred percent. Yep. We we say that's the golden handcuff thing, you know, with mm-hmm. everyone in their three percent rate. Yes. And you know, it, it's just really discouraging for, uh, you know, someone that's sitting, you know, debating on whether they should buy or sell. And they're like, man, I go from a three to a seven and a half. Going from a three to a five, five and a half, even maybe a six is a little more, you know, plausible in, in that situation. And, you know, we also do it in that regard. We do what we call like um, an equity transition plan. So obviously with, you know, credit card debt being at an all time high, credit card interest is at an all time high. Um, and then also showing, you know, Americans are sitting on record amounts of equity right now. Um, so when we show even going from a three to like, even like a seven and a half percent, we can say, hey, let's look at your household debt payment, right? What's your payment with your credit cards, your auto loan, things like that? Well, even if you were to move and go to a seven and a half percent rate, what if we paid off all your other debts and your only new payment is your mortgage payment? And then that kind of is like, oh, you know, it's kind of how we're trying to create some sort of inventory. Obviously there's none right now, but mm-hmm. do, you know, kind of strategizing, thinking outside of the box is what we're trying to do with this higher interest rate environment. Um, but yes, yeah, so, so what you said about, yeah, if rate, I think if rates come down just a little bit, it, it'll, it's just a, it's just a, you know, mental thing with everyone just thinks of a mortgage and what's the rate. Mm-hmm. And we, we have to change that dynamic. So that's kind of what we focus on, you know, we're really big on, again, yes, yeah, selling the different product and, and thinking outside of the box to help any way we can, especially with inventory. <laughs> Anything you could do there would be appreciated. Yeah, <laughs> trying. <laughs> um, so what are you seeing in terms of challenges for buyers right now aside from rates and how can you help them with those? Yeah, so obviously, you know, getting someone to make that big decision to, to you know, get pre-approved, enter the market, it's a big step, right? So they've made that big first step. They've committed to say, hey, it is time. Let's let's go out and hit the market. And unfortunately, you know, like we said, competition's still tough right now, even with low inventory and high interest rates. So what we do, we actually have a whole presentation on this. We call it a bulletproof buyer presentation. So really just making our buyers, you know, their offer stand out like none other, right? So whether it be we send it, their file through for a fully underwritten TBD, right? So an underwriter is now seen their file. We have conditional approval. At that point, all we need is the appraisal and title work. So to a seller, you know, even if maybe they're not the highest, but to have that guarantee of financing, and not a, I can't say guarantee, but, you know, because there's still title work and appraisal, but mm-hmm. to have an underwriter give a sign off, and then we like to also call the listing agent and explain, hey, you know, we've already sent this through for a full underwrite. Um, underwriters looked at it, given us the okay, and then, you know, making that offer. Obviously, cash offers are going to be tough to beat, but this is about as close to a cash offer as you can get with the underwrite. Um, we discuss appraisal gaps. Obviously, with the competition, you know, we come up with appraisal gap strategies. And maybe that's putting some less money down. Maybe we do, you know, single paid MI um, and maybe even have you know, we've actually ran some case studies of having the realtor and seller pitch in to pay for their MI. And we've seen like a $50,000 appraisal gap actually end up monthly costing them about the exact same mortgage payment. Hmm. When, when, when we restructure, you know, instead of 20% down, 10% down, pay out the single MI, technical stuff. But 
kind of how can we approach that if that appraisal gap happens and put you still in an okay financial spot and not, you know, completely wipe your savings clean, things like that. Um, you know, again, other ways to come up with funds, bridge loan, um, 401ks, you know, can we come up with other money to, to put down or make, make it work? Um, so I think those are the biggest thing. And obviously I think just working with a, with a realtor, um, in, in this market, you know, that's knowledgeable, well-respected, um, you know, true to their word, that, that's going to be huge. Um, I, I believe having that realtor on your team and also the realtor and lender working together. Um, so they kind of know, you know, there, there's a team chemistry there that also makes the client feel better too. So those are kind of, you know, a few of the things that we're doing um, in terms of helping our buyers win. Because th- that's really the hardest thing is once they enter the market and they might lose offer one, lose their second time, lose a third time, they kind of get discouraged at that mm-hmm. point. Um, so it's how can we make their offer stand out unlike any other um, while still providing financing. So, um, As a buyer or a seller too, it's an intimidating time waiting for that financing information to come through. Um, mm-hmm. As a buyer, um, all the hoops you have to jump through and, right. oh my gosh, what's going to show up that I don't know about or I've forgotten about. Right. And, and, you know, you can just go, you know, just the peace of mind knowing an underwriter has given you conditional approval. I mean, you can mm-hmm. say, hey, I'm already technically conditionally approved for a loan. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I've already given all the documents, like I said, at that point, you know, in terms of a, a seller's eye, having that also peace of mind, you don't have to sit there and wait and think to yourself, was, you know, did the lender do their job in, in that prequal? Did they collect their docs? Do they, you know, things like that. So having that peace of mind, and, and even if you're not the highest, I mean, that, that speaks to me, to me personally, I, I think that's huge. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that's at least one thing that we can do as lenders um, obviously, you know, we're not writing the offers and things like that, but at least, you know, we're going to exhaust all of the options that we can um, to help our clients win. So I've seen a few properties on our MLS um, come back on the market because uh, financing, financing fell, through, fell through and it just like hurts my heart to think, oh I my know. God, those poor sellers, they had that, they may have had another house lined up. Well, exactly. Their life was all planned around that sale going through and at the last minute they're back on the market again. Yeah. When you have domino deals, it's, it's a stressful time. I mean, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. it. It is a stressful time. So having that, you know, fully under an offer, I, I think is huge. And, and I think moving forward, it's going to become more of a necessity um, as demand's going to do what I think it's going to do. And obviously inventory isn't going to change overnight. Um, mm-hmm. it, it will slowly get there. You know, people, life does happen, you know, yeah. divorce, moving for job, moving up for kid, you know, kids leaving. Life does happen. So that will help. People are kind of forced to move. But also, yeah, as rates come down, I think just mentally seeing a five or a six, you know, might be a little bit more appeasing to a seller. <laughs> yeah, might be a little better. Yeah. Anything else you'd like to share? No, I mean, that's that's really it. Um, you know, I think it's just totally important for everyone to just receive the the education and get all the information they need, you know, to, to make these big decisions rather than just simply, you know, submitting some docs, getting a letter and saying, here's what you can afford. You know, really what, not only what can you afford, but what should you be doing, right? Maybe we shouldn't be wiping your savings account clean <laughs> and maxing out your debt to income ratios and getting that dream home just yet. Maybe we'll start with a little cheaper home for maybe a year or two, build up some equity or three, and then we'll move on to that, you know. So it's 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 a it's a long term game this real estate thing. So um, yeah, just just removing fears and anxieties and getting that education that clients deserve is 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 huge. Okay, well, Dylan, Neo Home Loans, thanks for joining us today. 
Yeah, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. And thanks for supporting Swire events. Yeah, of course, always. We'll look for you on the golf course. Oh yeah, I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs>